This is Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast with your hosts, Brandon Spinner and Michael Burns. And welcome into episode 27 of Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. Hello, I am Brandon Spinner alongside Michael Burns. Mikey, how are you doing on this fine Wednesday evening? Doing pretty good. Uh, we've got a patio concrete poured uh, this past weekend, and they came to finish it and seal it. So excited to have some bourbon and baseball on the new patio coming up. Oh, it's going to be fun. So last week people... was bourbon, baseball, and popsicles, and there's this week bourbon, baseball, and patios? Almost, almost. If people can remember, we used to do uh, an Instagram Live or playoffs. Mm-hmm. The World Series, I'd be watching on the patio. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'll have a more comfortable patio to sit on. Michael and I have shared several pours on his back patio, but now it's a different back patio. Now it's going to be much more, it's going to be bug free. <laughs> bug free. Oh, that's right. You're adding the fancy stuff to it. The screens, baby. The screens. No more, no more skeeters. No more skeeters. Or much less skeeters. I'm assuming they'll still try to find their way in. I mean, maybe, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> well, as you heard me open up the episode, this is episode 27. The last couple of weeks, we've been going with who is the best 27 to ever play the game of baseball. We just choose the number of the episode and we go through that number. I think there are five that we can make a case for. I think this is the most competitive week we've had so far, most competitive episode. Uh, so the episode 27, Michael Burns, who do you think belongs on the list? I know Mike Trout wears 27, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Mike Trout's fantastic. One of the, one of the best of our generation. Mm-hmm. Um, There's another guy I have who not... used to play with the Angels, who know number 27. Is it Troy Gloss? I don't think Gloss. I think Gloss was in the teens, maybe twelve. I don't know. Okay, I have I have it up. I'm holding my hand up because I have Baseball Reference up. I just pulled it up, but now you're trying to have me guess. So I'm trying not to look. He played for the Angels as mm-hmm. well. Not, he was a stud. Not... He played for two, maybe three other teams. I think he he did play for three other teams. He played for the team that the hat I'm wearing, and that's a nod to YouTube. You can only go see what that hat is by subscribing to us and following us and watching us on YouTube. But he was on this team. And he also was on the Angels. And he was also on a team that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, Dariner's dad. Nope. One last guess. <laughs> He's got a son that's in the league right now. Oh, no. Orioles, Montreal, and Angels? No. His name was Vladimir Guerrero Sr. Uh, was he on the Orioles? Yep. Uh, okay. Played a season with the Orioles, I believe, towards the back half of his career. So, not really an Oriole much, but uh, he he counts. Carlton Fisk yeah. is a number twenty-seven, uh, and Juan Marichal, who is a pitcher. So those are five good names. I usually pull up JerseyDispatch.com, and I do not agree with their formula, but it usually gives you at least an idea of how many people played with the number and how many people put up what numbers, etc. They have also Scott Rowland at the top of their chart. 
he was a number 27 for 10 years of his career with the Hall Reds. of Fame, Scott Rowland. Yeah, he's, he's a Hall of Famer. Carlton Fisk is a Hall of Famer. So is Vlad. So is Juan Marichal. And Mike Trout is probably going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Other notable uh, 27s. Go ahead. I was going to say the war leaders, but keep going. Yeah, other number 27s. Anthony Rizzo wore a 27 at one point. So oh, did gosh. Derek Lee. Darren Erstad did wear that, but he only wore it for That's... three seasons. You guessed it, but it wasn't <laughs> who I was looking for. Catfish Hunter right. for 10 seasons, uh, as well as Matt Kemp. But Matt Kemp's career was not great. They really, on this website, value the Golden Glove. <laughs> because David they have... Ortiz wore it for the beginning of his career. Trevor Bauer and Frank Thomas. The Hall of Famer, Frank Thomas. I'm assuming that was early, early, early in his career, like when he got called up. But multiple so, Hall, of, Hall of Famers, but only How, how about five. this? Two guys currently active started in the league the same year. Jose Altuve and Mike Trout both were 27 their whole career, starting in 2011. Mm-hmm. Mike Trout. So Jose Altuve, great player, right? Mike Trout has double his war. It's insane. Double his war. Mike Trout is the leader in war for the number 27. And Jose Altuve has half that. Scott Rowland has 70.1, at least baseball reference war. Carlton Fisk, 68.4. Juan Marichal, 62.9. Don Sutton had 66.7, but he only wore the jersey for two years. And Vlad Sr. is at 59.5. I think that's a no-brainer. What about you? For the the best, the best to wear twenty seven. Who do you, who did you say is the best? I think it's a no brainer. Mike Trout. Yes, a hundred percent guaranteed. <laughs> you made me feel like it, like the last name you said was Don Sutton, and you, then you said no brainer. I was like, oh gosh. No, no, no. Um, I said I think this is a no brainer because of how crystal clear it is. But I think that this was probably <laughs> the most competitive one that we've had. So far, what do you think? We, uh, hall, uh, we, this, I think this is the time where we have a current player outdoing a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Multiple Hall of Famers, not just one oh, or yeah, two. Multiple. multiple. Carlton Fisk, Vlad, Catfish Hunter, Juan Marichal, all in the Hall of Fame wearing the number 27. And Scott Rowland hasn't been inducted yet, so he's not technically on the list of a Hall of Famer yet. But he also has been inducted into the Hall of Fame. So welcome into episode 27, the Mike Trout episode. So that is where we're at on the number 27. You welcome in if you've made it this far into the episode. And this is your first episode. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for joining in. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, This is Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. We talk bourbon. We talk baseball. And some fun and frivolity in between as well. But you can find us on YouTube, youtube youtube.com slash at Barrels and Barrels Pod. Don't forget to subscribe us there. We're now up to 175 subscribers, up from 15 last week shout out to those who have followed and subscribed along since then david miller the kid mac and chris bash on youtube and if you do subscribe to us on youtube we'll give you a shout out also on instagram at barrels and barrels pod and that's where you can also find us on facebook barrels and barrels pod we're up to 420 followers on facebook twitter you can find us at barrels and barrels And uh, we're up to 163 now there. So we're growing. We continue to grow. And we're growing on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, iHeartRadio Podcasts, 
really anywhere you find us, even Google Podcasts, you can find us there. Please hit the rating and review part of the podcast. We really solely rely on that. Right, Mike? Yes. Take the time. Scroll back. Scroll back up to the top of that page and rate us what you think. We're not even going to push, tell you to put five stars. Rate us what you think. Right. We want to know what you actually think. We want to hear your actual critique. If you think we're a four star, rate us a four star. Hopefully not. Hopefully it's a five out of five. We've got 15 reviews. They're all five stars and we've got a lot of ratings on Spotify. Haven't qualified yet on Spotify though. So you're listening in on Spotify. Please rate us, review us, let us know what you like, what you don't like. And there's a poll at the bottom of this episode on Spotify. You can type in what you think about this episode. I don't like Brandon's hat. <laughs> uh, I try to switch it up every week. As far as on YouTube, make sure to follow us and subscribe to us there because we've been putting out uh, a lot of additional content that is YouTube exclusive or sometimes it also goes to Facebook, but most of the time it is just a YouTube exclusive uh, talking about the latest in baseball and sometimes That's bourbon. Right. And speaking of bourbon, this week we are going to a relatively new pour on the scene. Uh, not a whole lot to know about this pour. Frank August Small Batch Bourbon. It is a very elegant bottle. Like, this one stands out, even though there's a minimalist look to That's it. That's what I was going to say, minimalist. But it really stands out. It has an, I think it's an elegant looking bottle. The topper is heavy, man. So I, I quickly read something, you know, a little bit about the bottle. And. Mm -hmm. The sticker can peel off on the back, right? So then mm -hmm. when you're done with it, it can double as a decanter. Yeah, it does say Frank August on, it. on the bottle. It is printed, but that's about it. That is literally about it. But yeah, Frank, Topper looks nice. Topper is really nice. Like here, let me drop it on the table. That's how heavy this thing is. That was from one inch off the table. So nice. topper's very heavy. It's got one of those old Bardstown Discovery bottle topper feels to it. Uh, Frank August is very minimalist regarding the bottle. It's also very minimalist regarding the details that you get about the bottle. Here's all we have. <laughs> Literally, here's all we have. No age statement. No mash bill. It is 100 proof. And it has an MSRP between 65 and $70. That's all we got. It is distilled and aged in Kentucky, and it is bottled by Frank August in Bardstown, Kentucky. So we don't know where who, it's from. And who, who Frank from. August is. Frank August <laughs> is not a name, though. That is the thing. Frank August is not a person. It's about being Frank, which is funny because uh, their motto is like being Frank, being open and honest. Yeah, they're not open and honest about what the hell this is. <laughs> <laughs> this is Frank. even, you know, the uh, Blood Oath, the pack that, you know, the secrecy and that. This is mm -hmm. this tells less detail. Blood Oath at least gives the age mm -hmm. and what's, I think, uh, what's blended. Yeah, it says on their website, Frank, the state of being open, honest, and sincere. A philosophy who we are building our brand on. We're going to find out what the juice is like, but if you're building your brand on open and honesty and you don't have anything about the bottle that is, you, you don't have any openness about what's in the bottle. <laughs> I've heard rumblings and rumors that this is a wilderness trail distillate. It has to be at least four plus years, I believe. Um, cause what I've read that this would be a bottled in bond if you knew where it came from, because it, 
meets all the criteria, except you don't know where it was made at because it fits all the bottle and bond criteria. It's 100 proof, four plus years. They do have 15 barrels or so that they blend this with. So it's a very small batch. Um, good stuff. Is it what batch number? I believe this is the first one because I got this last year and they are on to batch two, which I think released okay. this year. Yep. 50% ABV. So that is going to be that 100 proof. It's a 750 milliliter. Again, there's not a whole lot to this. So let's so dive right like into just, the pour. It sounds like you just bought a giant mystery bottle. It, well, it flew right off the shelf. Like it was flying everywhere. And I think they right. sold out very quickly on their, I think it was 60 to 70 bucks. It's so got you think a, the mystery is what's drawing people to it though? It could be. It could be, which is not really being open and honest and sincere. <laughs> <laughs> right. Ooh, do you get a? What do you get in the nose right away? Do you even have to stick your nose in it to get a get a whiff? I got orange, and mm-hmm. like a, an orange citrus. There's some caramel, and I, I get sweet tarts again. Sweet tarts candy, like an orange candy. Um, I don't even have to stick my schnauzer very far <laughs> into the glass before I'm getting odors. This thing is aroma is very strong. I get a little mint, like a little. Yeah, I can see that. The, the, I get that citrus very strong. That's what I get being far away from the glass. I feel like I get a, a lighter fruit. It could be that citrus trying to take over. But on the nose, it's it's very strong citrus. Yeah, I really am pulling mostly citrus out of this. Like I, I think like an orange candy citrus. Yeah, almost the citrus almost tingles your nose like you think it w- the alcohol would, but it's not the alcohol. It's the citrus mm-hmm. and if i could say citrus a few more times it's doesn't have a it almost no does not have a citrus color no uh citrus it's like a golden honey color to me maybe a little bit of brown to it i mean one thing you can see is the bottle is completely clear there's no label that really harnesses the the darkness that some other bottles may so it's like a golden honey to me in the bottle so what do you get on that sip? Do you get any of that honey? No, I, I don't get honey out of it. Uh, I was expecting, with how strong the nose was, I thought it would be a little more um, up front with the punch when you chew on it. I think it it's a little light coming in, at least for me. At first, I was expecting more of a bite. Not necessarily harshness, but I, I was expecting a little bit of a bite. On the back half, towards the, the more you talk with it and chew on it, I think you get that, and it's building for sure. As far as the the palate, I, mean, it, I was just so over, not overwhelmed, but I was I was just so taken aback by the fact that there was not much of a kick up front that I didn't really notice much on the palate. What what do you get? I see you chewing. I am. It's almost as like a light whiskey, with with uh, its flavor. I don't get any like mature oak in it at all i'm i'm my first two sips are that tangy citrusy there um it and then it's light there's no uh like bakeriness to this there's no vanilla for me at the back end it just stays at the one level of tangy calling it tangy is that what you said yeah, I'm trying not to say citrus anymore. 
<laughs> they have said citrus enough. Do you get citrus on the tongue, on the on the palate? And it's not even the alcohol that's hitting that's making me like off. It's the citrus. <laughs> so if you're playing at home, I think we're up to thirteen citruses. Uh, so that's a drink for every one of those. So you're probably hammered by this point. It's almost a little like sour instead of, you know, I'm I'm just still not getting any oak on it, vanilla. It just stays like a sour light whiskey. I got cinnamon out of it. It's hard. It's it's not terribly complex. I think it's hard to put no. a finger on. I get a tingle. It's more so the second half of the pour that I think it really starts to come out and open up. I taste citrus up front for sure, if we could fit that word in one more time. Orange. It's sweet tarty. It's an orange sweet tarty. I think it's light up front. I don't think it's as a light whiskey up front as much as you describe, at least for me. Uh, it's mm-hmm. pretty drippy on the bo- uh, in the glass, too, when I've swirled yeah. it around. So there's some legs to it. I wouldn't call it syrupy by any means but i think there's some legs to this i think it builds for me at least on the back half of the palate it's got like a tingle towards the back end yeah that and usually that's like i feel like the up front that tingle is usually the alcohol getting to you and this this isn't that that's this is sourness for me i did get on that sip i tried to focus on something other than citrus i got a little bit of oak after the first initial, uh, after it hit the palate for the first time, um, I did get a little bit of oak, a light oak, but then it faded pretty quickly into that tropical term we keep talking about. <laughs> I've got a little numbness on my tongue. Uh, I think there's a decent tingle. Um, that's where I think I came out with the cinnamon. I don't get sour. I got more sweet and then... Uh, like slow burn, but one of those good burns to me, not one of those overpowering. This isn't going to, as you said a couple of weeks ago, kick you in the nuts. Um. <laughs> right. So do me, try, try a sip where you're focusing on the tip of your tongue and see if you get, maybe get like some, some caramel that way rather than chewing it up too much. Get the tip of your tongue. When I put the, when I focused on the front of my mouth, I thought I got a little caramel there. Butterscotchy for me. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a butterscotchy, orange, citrus, cinnamon. Is that a candy you'd buy? A, <laughs> a, a cinnamon th- orange butterscotch. Well, it's different in each part of the mouth, isn't it? It's just like a gobstopper. I, that's you what know. that's what the nose reminds me of is an orange gobstopper. Like that's what yeah. I think of changes oh is that what is that what she ate no it's the gum in willy wonka she ate the gum that was no. the three-course meal that was the gum that yes was the but gum. there was an everlasting gobstopper in yes. that i don't remember but who ate that that was the girl that wanted everything oh not viola viola was the oh. no viola chewed the gum yeah I the snot the who i want it yes. now right uh-huh so michael uh-huh. As we move along, where do you rate this Frank August small batch bourbon on our Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast rating scale? It's tough because that last sip I just took a big, I took a big chug. It was completely different um, than all the sips I'd taken. <laughs> and I'm fight, I'm fighting between two levels and I'm basically going off of this. Do we, what's MSRP on this? 
60 to 70. Depends on where you find it and depends on who marked it up. Okay. Um, I Just think, say um, DFA. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> Just I'm say teetering it. and I think I'm going to DFA this guy. Um, it was... To, it was more of like a light whiskey. I, I'm DFAing it, not because it's bad. I wouldn't buy it again. You would or wouldn't? I would not buy this again. Okay. I think it's Fair too enough. tangy. It's sour and I don't tangy. Think it was bad. I've D. I this is this is on the higher end of a DFA. He he fought well. <laughs> a um, higher end of a DFA, but get the fuck out of here. Uh. He, he, if he had options, he would have been optioned. But he did. He was out of options, so we got of options. Room. See you, buddy. So, for those of you who are new to the program, we have our own rating scale, and it's based off of baseball. Hall of Fame is the highest rating you can get. We have yet to rate a whiskey or a bourbon as a Hall of Fame. All Star comes second. All Stars are on every team, and All Stars are hopefully on your bar, on your shelf. Whether that is one of the bottles you're most proud of, or something that is just blows you out of the park every time that you sip on it. Everyday player is just like an everyday player in your lineup. He's there, one through nine in your order. You can rely on them every day. That's one of those that you always have on your bar. Bench player that comes in. It's one of those guys that comes in and mixes things up. I don't think you're always going to have him on your team. On your bench uh, means he's going to come out and pinch hit or come in spot start or fill in here and there and be an above, yeah, a backup catcher who comes in and he's a very important part of your team. That's the bottle that maybe you have once or twice a month when you pour it or maybe once a month or maybe you go to it every other month. But that is what that is. And then DFA, as Michael just did, is designate for assignment. <clears throat> You're cut off the team. Uh, go find a home somewhere else. And I am going to go with a bench. You're going with a bench? I'm going with a bench. I'm, I teetered back and forth. I wrote everyday player down at first. Um, I, I, I think the nose is an everyday player. I think the palate is more of a bench. And I base more of my ratings off of how it tastes rather than how it smells. And uh, that is why I'm going with a bench. I don't think this is a bad bourbon. I am excited to see what they're going to do. This is the first batch. This is batch can, one. So maybe we'll see that if batch two changes up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And they're putting out some high proof, I believe, as well, which sold out. That was near one twenty to one hundred and fifty dollars, which I wouldn't spend right away. Oh, not I thought you were going to say hundred. You said high proof, one hundred twenty no. to one hundred fifty. I was like, <laughs> that's a lot different. Proof? What? Yeah, it would be a dollar for every proof that it is. Right? That would make this one one hundred, but it is not. So that is our review and our rating of Frank August Small Batch Bourbon. I don't think it's a bad pour. I just think that there could be some uh, added uh, flavors to the tongue. I think there could be a little more complexity to the palate. Um, so I would check this out. I would buy it again. I wouldn't necessarily drop more than 65 to $70 on it. I got it at a party source, I believe, it's, for sixty-seven ninety-nine. So, If right someone now. had a bottle of it and you wanted to, you would try it. I'm, I'm not saying to stay away from it to right. avoid it, that it's battery acid, <laughs> but you would, you would try it. So it's not uh, Lagavulin for you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, and for those of you just turning mouth. in, that is our latest episode, the Lagavulin World Whiskey Day episode, which dropped this patch Saturday. I would buy, I would definitely, I would buy Frank August over that Lagavulin <laughs> any day. Any day. <laughs> <laughs> 
So moving on real quick. Uh, last week I got to do something uh, very cool. It is kind of in, intertwining baseball and bourbon. I got to do my first barrel pick or be part of my first barrel pick with Major League Bourbon Clubhouse. Uh, Brandon Lawson, who you may have heard in a previous episode, we interviewed right. him. Former minor league baseball player. Great dude. Uh, he's got the Major League Bourbon Clubhouse. You'll want to check that out on Facebook. But uh, in the group, he posted that they were doing a 1792 bottle and bond pick. And it was in Bardstown. And he couldn't make it. So he reached out to me like a day beforehand. He was like, hey, man, can you fill in for me? I was like, hell, yeah, I will. <laughs> so I went down to Bardstown last Thursday, participated in my first barrel pick. The experience was really cool uh, outside of the fact that I had no idea where I needed to be and uh, where everything was. I was given an address, and that was not the correct address. And then I was given another address, and I got there, and the security guard had no clue what I was talking about. And I walked into <laughs> no. the I walked into the visitors center, and there are seven construction guys watching a PowerPoint. I said, "I think I'm in the wrong spot." And they're like, "Who are you looking for?" I said, "The barrel pick program." And like, this is like 25 minutes of a wild goose chase. Like, I got there five minutes before I was supposed to, and I was like, "I have no idea where anything's at." The the, the place I got to, the gates were gated up with chains, and it said closed. And I was like, "I don't think this is the right spot." So all in all, uh, we picked a 1792 foolproof, which is baller. Uh, so get this. <laughs> it's at 10 in the morning. I get there and Nothing like get, bourbon at 10 in the morning. I get there at 1025. And this is after we recorded last week's episode and I edited it and got that out. So I was not running on a whole lot of sleep. Get there at 10:15 into the room. Finally, probably 10:25 is when I start to sip four different bourbons you sniff them you nose them you write your notes down i've got the paper around here somewhere a b c d we were picking two barrels just in case because there could potentially be a second barrel which would be the bottle and bun uh but it's going to be a foolproof and that means it's going to be coming out at 125 we did the greg bourbon finds foolproof review a couple episodes ago but uh so we're sitting there the nose on a was immaculate I think B was the most well-rounded nose and palate. C was good. D was just kicked out right away. So okay. she starts to text, uh, tell us all about the bottle or all about the, the juice. The and, uh, yeah, about the barrel. And she goes, barrel A, 138.98 proof. I had, Whoa. I had a pour and a half of that. Oh, no. Barrel B, 132 proof. I had a full pour of that. C and D were like 130 to 131, like in between there. And I had a half a pour of each. So by 11.15, I had four pours of 130 plus, if not 140. And it did not drink like a 140. So that's an exciting thing to look out for if you're part of the Major League Bourbon Clubhouse. 1792 foolproof. I don't know how many bottles we're going to have. It's going to be about six or seven months between the time they get it barreled. Uh, and bottled and shipped out. So look for that in December, maybe in January. But that was a real cool experience. And yeah, that's why I got that text. Then that Bardstown never disappoints. No, Bardstown Bourbon Company never disappoints because we went to lunch afterwards. About two or three hours later, I only had one other pour from there because I had to drive home. But uh, hooked up with Brandon Smith from Bardstown Bourbon Company. Also Ryan, who was the distributor for the. Liquor store that I was with, Laverne Beverage Depot out of oh, yeah. southern Nashville. So, 
he's their rep. So we got a tour of Bardstown again, or at least I got a tour again, but we got to try their new release, Distillery Only Scout and Scholar. It's a $200 bottle, but they partnered with a brewery in town, and it is citrusy. It's but, a, is, is, is it a whole new uh, name? It's a collab. Scout and what? It's a collaboration. So Scout and Scholar is the name of the bar. It's a brewery, but they aged the, the bourbon in barrels that I believe are aged with the... Uh, Beer barrels. Oh, okay. But it, it was an, an incredible. I don't remember the entire detail on it, but that was it. It was really cool. So if you get a chance to check out Barstown Bourbon Company as well, I would go check that out and grab a bottle if you can afford $200 because it is well worth it. It was tasty, huh? It was very tasty. I downed that, and then I got to hang out with Brandon Smith, who is a really cool dude from Bardstown Bourbon Company. So if you're ever there, reach out to Brandon. He'll hook you up as well. Speaking of hooking you up, you see the new news today in the bourbon world. It literally just popped up like 30 minutes ago. I got a text from one of my directors, one of our listeners, Chris Gastrite, who chimes in all the time. Uh, I posted it on my story, so you probably haven't seen it yet. But why? What is that supposed to mean? No, I it was literally like you haven't seen. Before. You don't check my stuff, Michael. No, it was literally like fifteen minutes before. It wasn't on our story. That's what I was saying. It was on my story. No, I know. Steph Curry. Steph Curry is coming out with his own bourbon. Really? That's so. That's usually that's not. You know, I feel like the names uh, Bradshaw Bourbon and uh, Paisley, but I feel like usually bourbon's not a a name to celeb- a. a, a rink that celebrities go with well there's bob dylan this one's called gentleman's cut by steph curry it is a five to seven year old 90 proof bourbon with a 75 21 4 mash bill coming out of boone county distillery really yes it's in northern kentucky that's cool so it's right down the street from me so that'll be pretty cool i don't know what the release is going to be but i just noticed that they are now live on instagram they've got a website so we are signed up to their website michael i don't know what the information on that's going to be but we're we're one of the first ones that's pretty cool because you talk about boom county it's right there by you mm-hmm. and the stuff that you have tried you've just said is, is very good it's, it's very good especially their own stuff because they were sourcing from mgp for a while so gentleman's cut being distilled by boone county distilling company in Florence retailing for seventy nine ninety nine for a seven fifty milliliter bottle, which isn't outrageous for some of the uh, the juice that's out there. Right, distributed both nationally and internationally, it's distilled right. in a five hundred gallon copper pot, ninety proof. So if you haven't been to Boone County Distillery, great stuff. Go check that out. It's a smaller, quaint little distillery tour, but very personal. Um, and I would recommend it if you're in Northern Kentucky in the Cincinnati area. I enjoy it. I've been a couple times and I will be back again because I'm hoping they have that bottle because we're going to get it. 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 We're going to write it. We're going to review it. And uh, that's bourbon and that's basketball, but we are a baseball podcast. So let's move on to baseball. And moving (laughs) on to baseball, we usually use trivia as that little buffer. So trivia this week, Michael. I'm ready, baby. Bring it. Ronald Acuna Jr. is on pace for a 40-40 season. In fact, he's on pace to be higher than 40-40 in both categories. And for those of you who don't know, 40-40 means 40 home runs and 40 stolen bases. 
So, Michael Burns, who was the last player to have a 40-40 season? In what year was it? It was Alfonso Soriano in 2008. Yes and no. 2007. No. 2009. No. He was not a Chicago Cub. He was a national at the time. So it was 2006 when he had 46 home runs and 41 stolen bases. And then he, of course, signed that lucrative deal with the Chicago Cubs ahead of the 2007 season. Had some good years with the Cubs and then kind of fell off the earth after about 2010. But so did the Cubs. <laughs> yeah, that was part of the the Tribune company and their spending. And um, Lou Pinella just saying, okay, bye. I'm out of here. So that 07 08 yeah. team with Alfonso, Derek Lee, uh, Ramos Ramirez, Dempster, DeRosa, the whole kit and caboodle. But uh, yeah, Alfonso Soriano. So you got 50% of it, right? Just like I said last week, 50 50. Michael gets about 50%. <laughs> I was 50 50 last week. Oh. So, you know, they say Ronald is on pace to be the first, not 50 40, but 60 40. 60 stolen 60 bases. stolen bases and mm-hmm. 40 home runs. Yep wild and yeah we were talking about ronald acuna jr he has had a, an incredible start you mentioned that uh 40 and 60 um he might even get 40 and 65 he's on pace right now to do Ridiculous. something that's only been done twice before which is lead the league that he's in whether that's al or nl he's in the nl in ops and stolen bases. It's only been done two other times, uh, or by two other players, three other times. Back in the day, uh, Willie Mays did it in 57 and 58, and then Ricky Henderson did it with the A's in 1990. So incredible feat there. Uh, I think he's got a chance, but as long as he stays healthy. That's his big caveat. He uh, didn't wasn't in the same league as uh, Pete Alonzo. I'd say he has a you know a triple crown chance. Oh, Kyle Schwarber too. We're yeah. not having quite the same year. Um, Cunha's right there with Schwarber. Schwarber's not is batting a abysmal 173. Mm-hmm. Um, he's basically hitting a home run or probably getting out. So if yeah, it wasn't for right Pete here. Alonso, who has 18 home runs compared to Acuna's 11, I'd say Acuna is a is running for that triple crown with the stat line he's got. Yeah, he currently leads the National League in stolen bases with 20, uh, and he is leading the NL in OPS. He's fourth in the whole league in OPS, but he leads the National League at a 1.015. Nolan Gorman, who we'll talk about here in a second, is just behind him on that. But, boy, Ronald Acuna, as long as he stays healthy, you mentioned his knee. That was a question mark coming into the year. Yeah. Yeah, there was the folks were worried last year that he came back a little quick, um, but he has he has shut up those naysayers. Mm-hmm. Big time. And speaking of shutting up people, did you see what he did the other night by stealing third base against the Dodgers? Yes, I did see that. He went into second. Did he steal second? And then no, it was a ball. F- it was a walk. I think yes. it was to to uh, uh, who's the first baseman? Matt uh, Matt Olson, not Joyce. Matt Olson. I always mix those names up because maybe it's the five-letter last name and they both played for the A's at one point. But uh, he, Matt Olson walked. He got to second base, and they had a shift on for Olson, And the third baseman kind of turned his back and like slowly was walking back yep. towards his spot. And Acuna just took off. And the pitcher was, I think, rubbing the ball down. So heads-up baseball, a lot of people are like, oh, that's bad baseball by the pitcher. But also 
that's heads up baseball by Ronnie by keeping an eye on what's going on. You got to know as, as Muncie too, where you're at. Hey, a guy's coming. Hey, I got to cover third. So that's that's a Baez move by Muncie there. Uh, and a Baez move by Acuna on the base pass too. So that's Baez true. is squared. That's true. It is a <laughs> Baez is move on both, both parts. So Ronald Acuna having a great year. Uh, speaking of a great year, Nolan Gorman, who just won National League Player of the Week. He had a hell of a week. We talked about it on YouTube last week. Uh, I put out a short saying that he had nine-game hitting streak. He had really turned it on. Last week, he had an incredible week where he hit four home runs. He had the highest OPS in the National League. He went on to win it with a 1,000 slugging, a 1.519 OPS. He uh, went 11 for 24. And he did it in this Cardinals team. is really starting to jump on him and Arenado. They really got the the team turned around, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, we were just talking about Acuna. Um, Gorman's stat line overall for the season, 297, 386. And get this, 622 slugging. Mm-hmm. Dude's hitting in the 600s for slugging. The only player I see, I see two other players doing that. One is Aaron Judge. And the other is Jordan Alvarez. Those are yeah, two so. sluggers right there. And you're talking about a second baseman doing that and Nolan Gorman. Yeah. He leads the league. Well, he's been all over the place, too. I think he's played third base a few times. He's DH'd. So they're putting him all over. And he, I don't think he's starting every day uh, like he should be. I think he's getting more and more starts now because he's proving it. But I don't think he's been in the everyday lineup as much as possible because I've heard a couple of Cardinals fans getting a little ticked off about that. Yeah, he doesn't have the at-bats that Luis Robert does, that Adolis Garcia, Jorge Soler. He's got only 148 at-bats compared to the typical 180. And the other American League player of the week is another Yankee. Dude had a week, and he had a week against the Blue Jays and here in Cincinnati. That is Aaron Judge, 11 for 22, five home runs. But what I think is the most impressive out of all of this he walked seven times in seven games, in six games, because he sat on Sunday. He sat? I guess that's yeah, healthy. I keep him healthy. Uh, well, I think they're in a stretch of like 14 games in a row. Yeah. I, I, this, it's a different, day, it's different a, day and age that players get their rest where Cal Ripken played every freaking day, you know. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah, Aaron Judge, like you said, in the last seven days – 474, 583, slugging, not OPS, slugging 1.053. Mm-hmm. He had an incredible week, and uh, the OPS was 1.893. He drove in 11, which was what also Gorman did in seven games. They both drove in 11 runs. Uh, so both pretty much no doubts for player of the week, although – Although I think the National League had two players that I want to give an honorable mention to. Uh, We'll get to Christopher Morell in a second. But another guy (laughs) who, uh, because he's had a hell of a start to his season. But another guy who I don't think is going to get as much due, but who had, I think, if he was on a different team, and if one of his home runs was a game winner like Gorman's, I think the home run that Gorman hit to beat the Dodgers on Saturday was the defining like nailing the coffin for his player of the week. Heimer mm-hmm. Candelario of the the Washington oh. Nationals. 
Did you see what he did last week? No. He batted 571 with a 586 OBP. So only got one walk, but 571 and a slugging of 1,000, just like Gorman did. So he had a slightly higher OPS. He had two home runs. He batted 571, and he had the second highest war, at least through fan graphs in baseball, over that seven-day period with a 1.0. The only one who beat him was Judge. Gorman had a .7 for what it's worth. So I think that kind of deserves uh, a shout-out. He only had five RBIs. He did score six runs, though, in seven games, and he had two home runs. So he I mean, did his part. Yeah, when you're playing for the Nat- with the Nationals right now, that you don't get a lot of RBI or people to hit right. you in opportunity. Yeah, so. He still scored six runs, which is, I think, the second highest in the league last week. No, third highest. Because the guy who had the highest is the guy we're going to talk about, and we're going to gush over, and we're going to uh, have yeah, absolutely. a love fest for our guy, Christopher Morrell of the Chicago Cubs, who just did something that we haven't seen as Cubs fans since 1998, but also that's only been done three other times in Major League Baseball. Uh, and that was he's got nine home runs in his first 12 games. He has not hit a home run lat, uh, yet tonight, and I don't think he's going to because they're in the top of the eighth, and your favorite player, Marcus Stroman, is pitching here in the top of the eighth. So, and he's doing uh, well. He's pitching well, two runs in the first inning, and he's shut him down since then. But it's only, he, yep. he's continuing to pitch well, so it's Justin Steele. But back to the guy, the, the man of the hour, Christopher Morrell. So only three other times in Major League Baseball history – had someone had nine home runs in his first 12 games of the season. Mike Schmidt had 11. Luis Gonzalez in 2001 had nine as well, and so did Larry Walker. Morell is tearing the cover off the ball. In the last seven days, he is slugging 1.26. 1.26. Slugging, not OPS. Mm-hmm. Slugging. His OPS is 1.763. Yeah, it's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. He he was doing it in AAA, and you know, people usually come up to the majors like Mervis, Mm -hmm. tearing it up, and not tearing it up like Morrell was. And he just kept going, didn't stop. I think if you count Morrell's AAA, he leads all of professional baseball in home runs. All professional base. Yep, he's got twenty. Next best is Alonzo at eighteen. I think Joe Adele in. Triple A for the Angels has 17, and that's the third highest in all of hey, baseball. Hey, if, if Morel could, could repeat from Triple A to majors, maybe you buy into Adele right now if you're a fantasy player. Right? <laughs> Not professional advice. Don't don't take it. <laughs> but you're the professional fantasy baseball guy, Mikey. That was not that was not professional fantasy advice. That was just uh, for entertainment purposes only. Oh, tongue in cheek, so to speak. Well, that was cute. Matt Mervis and uh, Nico Horner just had themselves a moment <laughs> on the tarp. I'm going to let you guys Google that one. Top of the eighth with one out, I believe, is when that moment happened. No uh, outs, but no outs. Speaking no outs, uh, I wasn't fully paying attention, but they just laid down on the tarp together. That was cute. But, yeah, Morrell, the crazy part is what he did that was the first time it's ever been done in Major League Baseball history. In his first 12 games, he scored a run, and he got a hit. That's never been done before. In each of his 12, first 12 games? In each of his first 12 games. So he got on base with a hit, not just a... And he got another hit tonight, but he hasn't scored a run, and he's not going to. So he's one for four tonight. 
He's one for four. His batting average dropped down to three fifty eight, and his OPS is now only one point three one eight. After oh no, oh send him no. down, send him down. Yeah, but that's my big gripe. Why did you send him down in the first place? Because you weren't thinking when you signed Dansby Swanson that you still had uh, Nick Madrigal on the team. Morell should have been playing in his spot. I know you had a log jam in center field. Morell's gotten some starts out that way. He's also started, and I think right and left field in the minors. He's played shortstop in the minors. He's played second base, but he's a utility guy. He's Ben Zobrist, but from the right side and not a switch hitter, and right. with more power. Right. The uh, yeah, I think the Cubs GM was thinking more roster crunch and trying to manage players rather than manage mm-hmm. wins. I totally agree. Well, I don't know if they were fully 100% going for it this year. I saw a couple of people commenting, well, they're keeping him down to try to get an extra year of uh, control. Yeah. I was like, um, well, he played like five months last year. That's not how that works. So, right. Um, but it's good to see. It's happy. And he's got that like electric just energy and smile uh, out on yes. the field. Like, he, he, he is brings... that personality that brings mm-hmm. you up. When you're, when you're down and you're, you, you know, He's the energy that keeps you going through a game. Well, they almost came back and beat the Phillies on Sunday because of his home run in the ninth. I he hit it off at Kimbrel, and if somebody the, could get on base, yeah, and that's the thing about his home runs is he's not just crushing it to like the outfield. Dude is hitting it everywhere. The home run he hit in Minnesota a couple weeks ago it went into the triple deck in right center field. Like even <laughs> the left-handed hitters have a hard time hitting that ball that far. So yeah. uh, that's been fun to watch. Also, a lot of fun is what Nathan Avaldi's doing down in Texas, who have you seen what he's done in his last five games? I mean, I know his last game was a complete game. Um, his second is... in his last five starts. In his last five starts, he's got 41 and two-thirds of an inning pitched, two complete games, a .87 ERA and 35 strikeouts. While the strikeouts aren't there, get this, his average – Innings pitched in his last five starts is eight and two-thirds. He's one out shy in his last five starts. He is what the Red Sox were hoping he would be when they signed him. So after that big playoff in 2018. Yeah, it was the World Series where he came And they gave him the extension. Yeah, and they gave him the extension. And they traded in the division. They traded to the – the Rays traded him to the Red Sox. And he's only gone on to, in his last five starts, he's got two complete games. Do you know how many he had in his career before that? Uh, he's a workhorse, so I would think he had some, but based on your comment, I'm going to say he only had two as well. He had two, and they both came last year. Before that, he had never had a complete game. He's got four in the last two years, and he's got two in his last five games. So what a start. He's second what? in all of Major League Baseball when it comes to pitching war. Um, only behind Zach Allen, who had a kind of a blow-up game last week Friday. Yeah, he did. Uh, and he still leads the league in war regarding pitching by, I think, point two. So he He's the number league. one fantasy starting pitcher, too, after that start. And he's It's not Evaldi. like he's a start ahead. Yep, Evaldi. Yeah. Uh, who would have guessed it, that? Uh, who would have guessed? He's got to be the steal of the offseason, don't you think? Yes, absolutely. I mean, you had, uh, you had DeGrom. He was the third starter. DeGrom? Verlander? Well, and not just on his team. Was it Andrew Heaney? Yes. Who got signed yep. as well? He, so he, he was the third well. one to get signed on the team that he's on. And it was a late signing, too. I think it was February or late January where they were like, all right, we're just going to sign another 
potential fireballer who has been the ace of that team. Part of the reason why Texas is doing so well, uh, that pitching staff and the way they were scoring runs. Speaking of pitching, Chris Bassett continues great pitching for Toronto. Michael Kopech is starting to pick it up. Kopech's now up to, like I think, 15 consecutive innings scoreless. His last two Chris starts. Bassett's at like 25. So a lot of good pitching. And speaking of pitching, Garrett Cole just got his 2,000th career strikeout. Can you believe that happened already? 2,000 already? Yeah. yeah he's still yesterday. got a long time on that Yankees team. Yep. He's going he's gonna to get to 1,000. Oh, he's going to get another 1,000 quick probably in the next five years. So is so that's the question. Is he a Hall of Famer? Is he is he going I think if he's can stay if he stays healthy, because that's the thing with with right. pitching. If he stays healthy, he will be a Hall of Famer. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean if you get to three thousand, that's kind of a benchmark. Um he's having a great year this year too. Two five three ERA so far. He's career he has a three point two one ERA uh, he's got seven complete games in his career. He's 135. So the wins are going to be the one thing, but wins nowadays just aren't what they used to be. But that Hall of Fame career right now in 11 seasons, I would say if he continues this for another four or five, I would say he's a Hall of Famer. Have you seen the his rival team who's back? Can you guess who's back, Brandon? Who's back? Chris Sale is back. Oh, yeah. And he's his, his last two well. games, he's got 15 innings, 17 strikeouts to only two walks with a 1.8 ERA. That's I scary. I think you could say Chris Bell's back. That's scary. As long that's as what he the stays Red, healthy. Right. And that's what the Red Sox were missing. They mm-hmm. had that offense. They were the number two scoring, the second team to score 200 runs, and they just didn't have pitching. Chris Sale, um, is looking back, James Paxton has had two great starts. His first two starts back have been great. With the Red Sox, right? With the Red Sox. And um, speaking of great starts, it looks like Marcus Stroman has made it through eight innings. So cheers to Stro. Cheers. I'll, innings, give, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to him. Dude. I, I know I, I talk crap about Stroman, but this this is a heck of a game right here. I love his energy on the field, too. Like, always upbeat. And he's one of his biggest teammate supporters. I don't know if you follow him on Twitter. He's a great follow on Twitter. So go check him out. I think it's STR0 on Twitter. He's really good on Twitter. So go check him out there. Uh, Another pitcher who had a milestone yesterday was Luis Castillo. Has struck out 1,000 now in his career. Really? Already? He did 851 of those with the Reds. And now he's done the last 149 with the Mariners. I think he was a sneaky Cy Young candidate. I don't think he's had as much success after the first couple starts, but... Seattle just hasn't either, though. It's not just him. It's Seattle, too. Right. They're 24-24 and right now. So they need to start turning it up. Their offense has looked pretty good at times. That's a fun team. They Their record isn't as high as it should be, according to the Pythagorean theorem. They should be 27-21, and but they're 24-24. and And that's partially... Because of their their rookie last year, J Rod, he is not having the year. He's having a little sophomore slump, mm-hmm. um, and just not rolling. If he if he goes, they go. Yep, kind of like Dexter Fowler, right? That's, yep, exactly. <laughs> uh, one thing I did want to touch on um, with Acuna was stolen bases. We talked about how he was second in the league, uh, but those are up, and they're up by a long shot. Oh I yeah, think Birdie last year had thirty eight to lead the league. 
Esteri Ruiz is already at 25 coming into today. And that is five ahead of Acuna. But there's four other players at 14. Wander Franco, Bobby Witt Jr., Witt Merrillfield, Jazz Chisholm. If you've got a junior in your last name, there's a good chance you're stealing bases because Cedric Mullins is the second, which is also a junior. Just maybe, well, I oh, don't really? know if he's a junior. Uh, he, uh, he's in seventh in the league at 13. So your boy Corbin Carroll needs to step it up, Mikey. He's only got 13. He's in eighth place. He started out really good. He started out like leading the league like five in like five games, something like that. And yeah. Yeah. So, uh, oh, Stroman might be able to get the complete game. He's only got 88 pitches. So, yeah. come on. I wonder on, if they Rossi. throw him out there. Come on, Rossi. I, I'd say do it. He give was, him the shot, uh, right? Smiley only went five innings yesterday. Right. So, give him the shot. But back to stolen bases, I think this has made the fun, the game a lot more fun this year to watch. Just there's more action. Like, Instantly, yes, it definitely makes a hit more valuable. If, if mm-hmm. you're if you have any kind of wheels, you can easily turn a single into a double, and it puts the value on the catcher. Oh, Strowman's going into the tunnel, getting a walk. Yeah, I just saw him walk down. Getting a walk is that much more. Yeah, a two out. Right? Like, I mean, they always say the leadoff walk, the two out walk. I guess the one out walk's the only one that's okay. <laughs> I don't think walks are okay at all, unless it's the Barry Bonds, uh, and that was only from '01 to '04. Maybe, maybe Aaron Judge at times. Maybe Aaron Judge the way Bryce Harper in, in a series against the Cubs in 2000. Joe Madden broke him that year. He <laughs> yes. broke him. Uh, was that 16 or was that 17? Uh, I, I want to say it was 15 or 16. I, I don't remember when it was, but I know they walked him, I think, nine nine times in a four-game series, and like he didn't do anything from there for like three weeks. And the Cubs, uh, I want to say the Cubs won three or swept. I think they won three of the four. I don't think they okay. swept, but I think they won three of the four. Uh, we'll have to go back and uh, look that up and maybe make a YouTube short about it uh, on top of what we're doing here. But one thing I wanted to bring up is there's been a lot of teams that have underachieved so far. Mm-hmm. in baseball um but a lot of teams that have underachieved that were playoff teams last year so who do you think is the team that made the playoffs last year that is in the biggest trouble of going back this year as of today who is in the trouble of not going back you mean yeah who who's in the most trouble so i list the cardinals the phillies the mets the padres the mariners the blue jays and the guardians are all teams that i would say have not played up to their potential have not been strong here to start the season. Now the Blue Jays, I kind of toss in that list only because they're now in last place in the AL East where a couple weeks ago, they were in first place in any other AL division. Correct. But they are not at the top of their division and we both picked them to win their division at the start of the year. So out of those eight teams or seven teams that I listed, what one, who, what team should be the most worried in your mind? I think if you're in the AL, you should, you're, I'm worried about you. Because that AL East, with the schedule being the way it is this year now, we are not playing your division as much. That wild, those wild card spots are going to the AL East. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're the Guardians and Mariners, you better start beating up on the AL East when you play them. Um, yeah. But those, I mean, I'm just gonna, I'm not even gonna pick one team. I, uh, the Blue Jays and Mariners are the ones that I think are the the Guardians. I don't think they're going to – I don't know. <laughs> the Guardians have the best chance to make it because uh, they could win the division. 
the Blue Jays and Mariners, I think, have to win wild card. And that's going to be the trouble. So yeah. Guardians, I'm le- of, of the AL teams you mentioned, the Guardians I'm actually less worried about, even though they're probably the worst team of those three, the Mariners and Blue Jays, Guardians. Mm-hmm. But the Guardians have a chance to win their division and get in, where the Mariners and Blue Jays, I think the Mariners have to win wild card and the Blue Jays have to hope the Rays, Yankees, Red Sox, <laughs> and Orioles, you know, just stop. So what, what what do you think? What do you think? Who is the trouble team to repeat? Yeah, I, I think the Padres are the team that needs to be the most worried right now. They're in a division where the Dodgers are. The Arizona Diamondbacks are playing really good baseball right now. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10. The San Francisco Giants are also playing really good baseball coming into the day. Both teams were 8-2 and two in their last 10, I believe. And the Padres just... They've got a negative run differential. They have yet to score 200 runs where everybody else in the National League except the Marlins have done that already. So Even Oakland's scoring... done it? No, I said in the National League. Listen oh, the score. National League, sorry. <laughs> but, Oakland, Kansas City, Cleveland, Detroit have not done it yet. Detroit but I actually... saw the stat that Oakland has scored more runs than San Diego. Uh, and no, Oakland only no. has 10 runs. Uh, Oakland is at 180 and San Diego's at 192, so they're close. But Oakland only has 10 wins, and the Padres have 22. I would say the Padres. I mean, that was the team that had all these MVP candidates, right? Juan Soto, Tatis. Major disappointment. Machado, Bogarts. um, You had a I think they turn it around. Yeah, I think they turn it around. Um, They're the most disappointing so far. Team for sure. Juan Soto is playing like he doesn't want that contract. <laughs> Actually, have you seen what he's done in his last month? Lately, yes. Lately, he's but that like month of April, three in the last month though. So yeah, he's starting to turn around. He's playing like the MVP candidate that he was. I think the highest rated MVP candidate regarding gambling at the time at the start of the season. Right. So and the, he's, and I think he's still April. fourth on the list. Ronald Acuna, going back to that, leads uh, all of FanDuel. Citri- for, citrus. Uh, yes, Citrus. <laughs> he leads all of Citrus. Um, Acuna, Citrus, Acuna. Yep. So I, I would be between the Padres and the, the Phillies. I know the Phillies had a rough start to last year, too. So they can they can do it. But again, that division, the Mets are playing well. I have them on this list. The Cardinals, though, like the only saving grace is that division's not good. But they're twenty-one and twenty-eight in last play. Uh, no, they're twenty-two and twenty-nine. Uh, was that the 20. only reason that they made the playoffs last year? Is because the division last year was so abysmal? No, I think they would have. Uh, well, let me look. Let me just look at the final. Because it was it was just the Cardinals and the Brewers who were competitive last year in that division, and the that's Cardinals. when the schedule was more divisional based. Cardinals won 93 games. So they they won that division by seven games in the NL Central, and they had more wins than all the other wildcard teams. So the Cardinals would have made the playoffs no matter what, but they dug themselves such a big hole that it's mm-hmm. going to be hard to come out from. Um, even the White Sox dug themselves a big hole, but they've been playing very good baseball as of late. I, I think it's probably the Padres just because of 
the expectations. They were supposed to be not just a wild card team this year. They were supposed to be a division winner. Yep. And they Agreed. are not playing that way. That's how I would lean. The Guardians are probably the worst team out of all of it. But <laughs> but, they, but they probably have the best chance to make the playoffs. Uh, I agreed. They're right now. They're in fourth in their division, but they're only what six games back. So four and here, a half here, games back. They're twenty one and twenty eight. Four and a half games back. So here it comes. Two two divi- two leagues take the top uh, six teams from each one. Probably it's coming. At some point, I think that's what's going to happen. That's going. That's what it used to be back in the day, right? The yep. L and the AL, and the winner went to the World Series, and that's how it used yep. to be. Uh, and then the playoffs started, but. Speaking of the playoffs, we're going to kind of have our own playoffs rankings, right? I would call that kind of playoffs. Maybe that was a bad transition. I don't know. I was stretching there. We're going to jump right into our top 10. And as we talked about last week, it is sponsored by no one. Not yet. Not yet. Hopefully. I think it's a perfect opportunity. It's a perfect opportunity. We're not desperate. We're just we're just putting it out there. If you own a small business that w- wants to sponsor a bourbon and baseball podcast, maybe it's a distillery, Bardstown Bourbon Company, <laughs> uh, or glassware, uh, glassware, Boone County. Maybe it's hats. Limestone Water. Yeah, you hats. do apparel. Yeah, Charlie Mike never weekend. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> uh, I don't. I have no. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. Naming specifics uh, there. Yes, uh, Boone County. I'm right down the street. Uh, new riff distilling i'm right here but we don't we don't have a uh a sponsor yet for our top 10 rankings but let's jump right into those last week we both had the same top two is that the case this week do you still have the tampa bay rays atop your charts i do have the tampa bay rays it's hard when they are four games above the next team yep uh they have the best re- record in the league they lead the best division in baseball, and it's hard to not go with them when that's the case. Uh, I do have a different second place team, though. Yeah, I, I think to... I think our top four here is going to be uh, a little different in previous weeks. Um, who's your number two? My number two is the Texas Rangers, who have played very good baseball. They've gone seven and three in their last ten games. They lead the league in runs scored. They lead the league in run differential as of right now. Um, they They're have played offense. like the best. Their They're offense is great. Offense. Yep, getting contributions from Evaldi and John Gray the way that they have, and you don't even have your ace. Degrom yet, and you're playing like one of the best teams in baseball, if not the best team in baseball as of late. So they're my second team. Who's your team? I was right there with you, um, but looking at who they played this weekend and they swept. You know, you said they won seven of the last ten. They swept the Colorado Rockies, who are who had won my... eight of ten in the week prior. The Rockies, yes, the yeah. Rockies came back, but they are the Rockies are my twenty sixth ranked team. Did you rank and 30 teams this week, Michael? I did. I did my work oh, this man. week. I did I did my work this week. So the Rockies <laughs> are my 26th. And my number two team, the Baltimore Orioles, went 3-0 and against Toronto. Mm-hmm. Who is, and they swept well, Toronto for the first time since 05. Is that really? Yeah. All right. So so reason that, that Orioles get a step up for me at, of Texas, they have the same record, right? Or similar wins, thirty-one. Uh, the Orioles, yeah, thirty-one and thirty-one for both teams. The Orioles just have one less loss. I gave but the Orioles right the now. edge. 
because they faced the harder team more more recently and shoved it against them. I was back and forth. I love this Orioles team. I started it's hard to argue right there. Wearing an yeah. Orioles hat. Um but the run differential is what scares me the oh, most. Oh, yeah, you changed hats. I did change hats. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles run differential is plus 40. The Texas Rangers is plus 112. It's a 72 run difference. Yeah. So that is where I went with that, and that is why Baltimore is my third team on my list. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's interchangeable right there for me. I, I fought the same thing. I think I had Texas when I first was making this, and then I did a little more analytics and i i i moved them up a little bit so who's uh, your third team my third team is texas that's uh, they were back and forth baltimore texas so one two three we have the same teams just two and three in a different order and we already kind of go gone over what my number four team is the los angeles dodgers last week they were my number two team they didn't play as well this past week but they did get some wins against some high nl opponents uh, they're six and four in their last ten, so not quite as strong as Baltimore or Texas, but uh, they have the best record in the National League. They were the first National League team to thirty wins, and they have the best run differential in the NL. So they're the highest NL team for me. Cubs win, by the way. <laughs> yeah, the Cubs Dodgers. Win. Cubs win. The Dodgers. Um, this is we're recording Wednesday night on Monday and Tuesday. They beat the Atlanta a high a good team, Atlanta Braves. Mm-hmm. twice yep. um like you said they did get beat up by the hot st louis cardinals mm-hmm. um st louis cardinals will be higher in the in a power ranking if they had the record because they are playing good baseball um but when you have the record that they do you can't be in the top you know five of the power rankings no cardinals i had jump up to 16th in my power ranking so they're not in the top 10 but they're on their way up they still have a terrible hole to climb out of but They've Absolutely. been playing very good baseball as of late. So Raise the Dodgers. Wave the W. We'll fly the W. Light the W in the lights right there. <laughs> um, as so, far as my yep. fifth team, it is the team that was fifth on my list last week. They were two in our previous three rankings. The Atlanta Braves, of course, yep. they they're just they're they're still a great team, even though they've only won four of their last six. Uh they I, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> no, yeah. The, the thing that hurt the Braves is losing two to the Dodgers. Yep. Um, if they could have at least split with them, that would have showed that they were putting up a fight. Um, but they did go 2-1 and one against Seattle. And like we, we were talking about Seattle's earlier, Seattle's team. not a bad team. Yeah, they're not a bad team. They so haven't They haven't got as lucky as they uh, they could have and should have. The mirror. Right. The record's twenty four and twenty four, but it should be twenty seven and twenty one according to the the theorem, right? The Pythagorean theorem. So, mm-hmm. uh, not a bad in series win. Atlanta two and one over Seattle. So that was our top five. All five of the same teams, pretty much in the same order, except two and three. Uh, I think we may differ when we get to six, seven, eight, but who knows? Um, I'm going with the New York Yankees with my number six team. They're up two. They're playing very good baseball. They beat the Orioles. They beat the Toronto Blue Jays in that series last week, and then they swept the Cincinnati Reds in impressive fashion this weekend. Aaron Judge did some great stuff. They're playing really good baseball. Their record is towards the tops now all of a sudden. Remember a couple weeks ago they were at the bottom of the AL East, and now they're in third in the AL East catching the teams in the top of the charts 
I'm not even saying anything more. Ditto. New York Yankees, number six. So who do you have seventh? Number seven, I have the Arizona Diamondbacks playing okay. great baseball. They went two and one against Philadelphia, and they went two and one against Pittsburgh. And Philadelphia is not, I think they're playing better baseball than they started the season. Um, like the Cardinals, they dug themselves a hole. Philadelphia definitely dug themselves a hole. Philly's, Philly's been, been playing, playing better baseball. Late, though. Are they? Three and I, seven I in the last ten. You just saw yeah. it because they beat the Cubs two out of three. Yes, that's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they in I wouldn't even include today's win because these rankings are supposed to be as of this morning. And the Diamondbacks had won two out of the three games in that series coming into today. And they were eight and two in their last ten. However, I have one other team ahead of them. And that is my number seven is the Houston Astros, who also has played really good baseball. As but they late. played Oakland. They swept Oakland. You play the teams that are on your schedule and look at where they sit in the top of the standings. They are the fourth highest in the American League. They played and the Cubs. They played Oakland. The Cubs were not playing good ball. They played Oakland, who of course is not playing good ball. Um, that's the reason that the reason I pushed Houston down is because Oakland. The reason I had them higher is because that they're not fully healthy and they're still playing the way that they are right now. And their run differential is better. Uh, they have a better, they have more wins against the top 500 teams, 15 and 12, where Arizona is only 10 and six. Well, that's a slightly better winning percentage. Um, it's not like I have Arizona off my top 10. I just have them in eighth and I have Houston. In right. Seventh. <laughs> so yeah, my, uh, my eighth team is Houston. Like so. I said, I was I only reason I pushed them is because they played Oakland and they had an eight Houston had an eight game winning streak until they played a decent team, which was Milwaukee. Yeah. And that's my tenth team is the Milwaukee Brewers, where they were last week. But I have a new <clears throat> team in my top ten for the first time. They make a triumphant jump of five in, from last week's rankings. Last week I had them at fourteenth. They are now ninth. The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. This is one of our most similar top tens then, besides yeah. two, three, and seven, eight. Seven, eight. We're just flip-flop. We have the same ten teams. There we go. I've got LA and Milwaukee. Makes it easier to record then. Makes it easier to make the graphic too. <laughs> just copy, paste, copy, paste, <laughs> copy, paste. Uh, so that's our top ten. Uh, we'd love to hear what you think of it. I'm sure there will be some gripes. I'm sure some Astro fans are we're better than seventh and ninth. Uh, I'm sure Joe Campbell's going to be like fifth for the Braves. Like, come on, uh, that's my best Joe Campbell voice. Uh, he's actually he's got like a deeper voice because we talk on uh, Bourbon Thieves Den calls. But he's probably going to be mad. <laughs> Smooth is going to be like the Braves are number one, man. But no, we want to hear what you actually think. Uh, I know JP's going to be happy. I'm sorry, Smooth. Yeah, the Yankees are in. Yeah, it's smooth to me. It's, it's, I'm a, I did an Instagram live with Justin last week, Friday. It was so fun. He's, he was all about baseball. Like we weren't talking anything close to baseball, and like he's just like, "Oh man, oh man," he just hit a home run. Do you see this? What do you think about this? I'm like, "What's up, Justin?" <laughs> like it was, it was the funnest thing. Um, Justin and I interact probably on a daily basis because I we uh, talk about his fantasy baseball lineup on a daily basis. Yeah, are you, do you set? You can charge him like advice, you know, like get a Patreon for he, fantasy he, baseball advice. He, he'd probably be the first to sign up for it. <laughs> uh, one last thing we uh, I want to talk about before we let y'all go. There's a dead bird pandemic in baseball right now. Mm, mm -hmm. 
not only did Zach Allen kill one last week, but did you see what uh, the guy in the Guardians did earlier this week? Not only did someone throw a baseball and kill a bird, but some, you're telling me someone hit a baseball and killed a bird? Hit a baseball and killed a bird and got a base hit out of it. It's like Pedro <laughs> Serrano. It's like Pedro Serrano in the the movie Major League Two. Have you seen that one where he hits a fly ball? And I hits really. A bird? I, that's one knock I have on my. I give myself. I have not seen Major League the, the movies enough to like throw them. So Serrano hits a fly ball to right center field and hits a bird, and he rounds first base. And this is like when he's in his like kumbaya mode, and instead of running for second base, he runs into the outfield to go make sure the bird is okay. <laughs> and it was to end the game, I believe. And the winning, the tying run is rounding third on his way home, and the second baseman grabs the ball and puts it in his hand with the bird, and he goes, "You're out, compadre." Um, but yeah, uh, I, I don't know who the player was. He was a left-handed hitter. He's an outfielder. I can't remember his name on the Guardians, but he hits a base hit. And then yesterday, on Tuesday, he hits a home run. And as he's rounding the base for his home run, he does a bird signal as a, as a That's tribute. That's awesome. As a tribute. Napoleon, he Napoleon dynamites it? He, he Napoleon dynamites it around second base, in between second and shortstop, right where he killed the bird. But That's awesome. Um, yeah, watch out, birds. And there was a goose on a field in a minor league game the other day. Birds are trying to take over the game of baseball. Honk. Honk. Um, <laughs> well, that has been another episode of Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. We hope you enjoyed the fun, the frivolity, the uh, the discussion. The one quick thing I do want to talk about next week, it'll be a topic, but Craig Kimbrell is one save away from his 400th career save. So I want to, at that point, hopefully we'll be talking about his 400th career save. We wanted to get that out ahead. So you all know that that milestone's around the corner. We did the discussion with Kenley Jansen a few weeks ago. Did you say y'all? Yeah, y'all. It's easy. You spend enough now, time in nowadays, Alabama, huh? No, no, no. Here's the thing. Nowadays, you can't say you guys because you're implying that's true. That they are males. So y'all is just one way to go around that. And it's not an Alabama thing. Trust me. I didn't, I refused to say y'all for the longest time, but now it's, I'm with you. I've been here. I've been here for 23 years and I still don't PC say it. way to go nowadays, but oh man, yeah, that's where we're at. Uh, well, again, this has been another episode of barrels and barrels, the bourbon and baseball podcast, episode 27, the Mike trout episode. That's right. Uh, as we dubbed the best player to wear number 27 ever. And he's still playing. That's what's impressive. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But we'll have more shorts to go check out. So go uh, take a look at our YouTube page at Barrels and Barrels Pod. Again, that is the letter N in the middle of Barrels and Barrels. Instagram there as well as Facebook at Barrels and Barrels Pod. Don't forget to subscribe, like, follow, and uh, follow us on Twitter at Barrels and Barrels. Email barrelsandbarrels at gmail.com if you want stickers, if you want t-shirts, if you want a hat. We may be selling hats, that one that Michael's wearing on YouTube. You can only see it on YouTube. If you it's like a pretty that, fantastic hat. It's, a, it's an incredible hat. Mine's right here on the table. You know what? I'm going to do another hat change. It's like a pit crew. <laughs> Is that your third hat? That's a record. My third hat. Barrels and Barrels record right there. Third shot of the mm. podcast. Uh, is it a record? We may have to go back and watch previous podcasts. I, you've never you done three. You've never done, done three. three. I think you've I've maybe done two. done two, but you've never done three. Uh, speaking of record, what's what's duct tape to your wall behind you? <laughs> I've been wondering that um, for weeks. It's a it's a screenshot of a Venmo. It says Tommy paid you one dollar. 
and the caption is for being wrong. Oh, Tommy was wrong. Tommy was wrong and uh, sent me a dollar. And so uh, I put it, I, I need to frame it. That's my, that's my version of framing it. Oh, that's your version of framing it. It's just a stick, a sticky tape. I've got a dollar <laughs> on the wall at, uh, at work because I get, I bet my chief meteorologist something and it says Brandon knows more football than I do because he signed that. <laughs> So as we wrap this up for the third time, this has been Barrels and Barrels, episode 27 of Bourbon and Baseball Podcast. Please, if you're still listening to us, rate us and review us. Subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe, unsubscribe on those Spotify and Apple Podcast playlists. Because if you do that, it'll help our rankings go up. So I'm told. I don't know if that is actually true, but just sit there until your thumbs start to bleed. We'll, we'll let you know in a couple of weeks if that works or not. Yeah, well. Just, but just do it. Yeah, just do it, please, please, Joseph. Uh, I know I probably upset you with your impression a couple minutes ago, but uh, please do it. So uh, resubscribe, Joseph, for yeah, for me, not for Brandon's sake, for me. Unsubscribe, resubscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe. I think that bumps us up there as like trending, but who knows? Yeah, we'll, we'll again, adjust. We'll adjust the numbers there. <laughs> You can find us on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Amazon, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio Podcasts. Please rate us and review us, as I mentioned, uh, as we always give our honest opinion. And Michael gives his honest opinion week in and week out. I mean, he kills more bourbons than any person <laughs> I've ever met. Uh, I'm just kidding. But go check out if you made it this far. I would say go find a friend with a poor Frank August and uh, you make the determination yourself. Or if you've had Frank August, let us know your thoughts again, barrels and barrels at gmail.com. That has been it. Episode 27. That was a long time to wrap it up. Michael, uh, any last words for our friends, families, listeners, viewers? Let me see what I can dig up. Mm. Let's go.